SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhezo Mapepe on SAFM. Hashtag Zigalala, that's the premier of the KwaZulu-Natal province, speaking about the possible return of a hard lockdown, given the fact that he simply is of the view South Africans are not playing their part, certainly as it pertains to the area of KwaZulu-Natal. Black Monday, the movement that marched to Parliament on the farm murders in Senegal, and of course representing the movement at large on the issues of farm murders in South Africa and related issues, land, labor rights, land tenure, we could go on forever employment, basic conditions of employment, crime itself, food security especially. Later this week, Mboweni said to table the midterm budget speech. That's on Wednesday. So let's have a conversation on that. Hashtag MTBPS. And big news in opposition politics. The Congress that's taking place this week. The leaders in opposition or the party in official opposition, the DA, is going to its elective Congress. Two names are foremost in that race. Will it be Mr. or Miss? A conversation then with Mr. Tabelo Zelopede, who's a Rhodes University academic and political analyst, on the weekend wrap. Good evening, South Africans. It's quarter past. We have a conversation for another 20 minutes, so there really isn't much time. Get dialing now. Even if you don't know what to say, just call. I promise you now, when you're on air, you will know what to say. 0891-104-207. Song is on my back on The Viewpoint. Tabelo, good evening. Thanks for your time. Good evening, sir. Thank you. And hi to you. Big news. Money, money, money. What is Dito Mboweni going to say that South Africans don't know this coming Wednesday? Medium term. <laughs> Look, I think it's going to be a tough one. They they have quite a lot of things to balance out. Um, we are still under COVID. The the fiscal is quite stretched. I mean, that's been said also by the by the finance DG and, and by the minister as well. Um, they still the bailout from FAA. So, you know, there's quite a lot of issues that they need to sort out, more especially about how to sort of reorientate to the state, particularly at local government level. Um, so, so, so I don't think we're going to hear anything new. I think we're going to hear how they're going to make sure that there is budget for things that are necessary, not just for COVID, but it is for post-COVID, because I think that has also been the talk since, since, since uh, President Ramaphosa has been you know, speaking to the nation. Um, so I, I can't anticipate anything apart from them reorganizing the budget and, and perhaps taking out other aspects of the budget to make sure that the more priority areas are addressed. So I, I, I can't imagine again that you know that it will be easily accepted by, by the different stakeholders in society as well. Um, you saw that a few months ago there were a group of economists who wrote a letter to, to the ministry um, around their thinking on how to how to make sure that the economy is back on, on, on a good footing. So I think that that's going to be an ongoing debate even after the, the, the midterm review. Talking about that, we we heard when the president gave His joint sitting in Parliament, I don't know what the name of that address was, but it was an address nonetheless from the president. He painted a more positive picture than perhaps many might experience to be the reality on the ground. And I do anticipate that Mr. Mbowenu is going to be that person who's just going to give us a more frank assessment in relation to exactly what plans we have, or rather what money we have for the plans that we can actually implement as opposed to the president speaking, not really understanding the nuances of the financial situation that the country is in. So possibly all of what President Ramaphosa said a fortnight ago might be dampened, if you like, by what Minister Mbowen is going to say. That's my assessment. Do you disagree? 
No, no, I agree. I mean, that that, that has been sort of the, in a sense, the way they've, they've played one against the other. You know, obviously, part of the president's role is to be able to provide a coherent vision for the country and to be able to say that, well, this is the end objective, all right, and not necessarily get into the details of of how the layout is going to be, and 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 that role is obviously given to them to the minister of finance to be able to panel beat a budget for that vision, and obviously necessarily the the, the details and the panel beating is not going to look as rosy as as a sort of end point vision that the president outlined, and 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 that's not necessarily an issue of you know of 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 the subjectivity that I in, in, you know that I in play or that it's Ramaphosa and 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 that the point. I think it's a function of their roles and positions in the state. Um, so I agree with you on that, on that front. Okay, let's move on from there. We can only anticipate what's going to happen on Wednesday. I'm sure on Wednesday itself we will have a follow-up conversation on this matter. My guest this evening, for those who didn't catch the name, Mr. Tabelo Telapedi, who is a Rhodes University academic in Gramstown. Otherwise, just for short, call him a rodent. He's also a political <laughs> analyst. Tabelo, let's talk about the DA elective Congress this week. Nduli or Stienhuizen? Your pick. Yo, it's going to be a tough one, but I think it's quite clearly going to go to Mr. John Steele and I. Look, I, look, usually you don't want to put your head on the block on you know on things of this nature, but I think whether DA has been or is heading it for for uh, after the time Mr. Musimamani left, it's quite clear that they've they've moved political constituency. Um, so I, I can't imagine that Mantul will be able to take over the reins of the DA. Um, and, and I think it's quite clear that they've also been shutting down a lot of debate, uh, at least inclusive debates where ordinary South Africans are able to view what's happening inside. So obviously they're running a tight ship the team, and it would be very hard to sort of, especially given some of the sort of the, the campaign that Mantui has been, has been running. Um, to you know, so I think it would be very difficult, especially around the issues of multiracialism, racialism, That debate around the DA is, 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 is and, and her campaign is going to be quite difficult for her to implement it inside the DA. And I think John Steinhaisen has a better handling of the constituency inside the DA, and more so about where they want to go. So the trajectory is going to, I think, bypass where Antilles, how Antilles is thinking about her own leadership inside. 891 we are taking your calls. WhatsApp voice notes, 614 Drop us your thoughts on what Premier Zigalala, the possible return of a hot lockdown, given the fact that he's not happy with how things are taking place in KwaZulu-Natal. We have already discussed the medium-term budget speech scheduled to take place on Wednesday. Minister Mbowen are going to give an assessment of exactly how South Africa's health is as it pertains to finance is DA elective Congress also happening later this week. John Stienhuizen, the interim leader right now, up against the challenger, Ms. Mbalinduli. My guest this evening has already hinged his bets on Mr. Stienhuizen, although he has expressed a reluctance to do that. But frankly speaking, it would be a tra- it would be not travesty, not tragedy, but it would be very much against the run of play if John Stienhuizen loses that one, given the fact that it's John Stienhuizen in the DA that has seen the re-emergence, if you like, of its base. And I'm talking about the white base now, Helen Zilla specifically being the chairperson of the Federal Council, and how yeah. he has made his journey to where he is right now, John Stienhuizen. You, you can't anticipate that Umbalin Duli will upset all of that. I'm not saying anything about her credibility or credentials. I'm just looking at the political climate within the DA itself. Yeah, so I, I think certainly Mr. Stienhuizen has been able to 
to make some groundswell inside the DA. He's been able to build up his, you know, constituency to strengthen it as well. Even the messaging currently coming out from the DA around, you know, the the farmers, uh, you know, it's, it's the messaging has, is a lot more sort of conservative as opposed to liberal, which is where the DA hinges itself. You know, at least publicly they go on and say they're liberal, but quite clearly the messaging is, is very conservative, at least given South African political system. So so I think that that's why it would be very hard for Mandudi to sort of get in and sort of implement her own policies that, that would be much more liberal as opposed to where the majority constituency of the DA is currently. Final question on this matter, because the Okay, I beg your pardon. Let me take Arthur, who's in Cape Town as a caller. We respect our callers. I'll yield. Arthur, good evening. Thanks for calling. You have 90 seconds, Arthur. You will hear a timer that's going to go... When it goes... It's time up. Okay. All right, can I talk? Go ahead, please. Hey, please go ahead, Arthur. Okay, all right. What I'm, um, what I'm, with the point I'm trying to make here, out of the coordination between the Minister of Finance and the President, because how can the sub President make his plans, present them to us, only to find that in fact there was no consultation between him and Tito? Because now it will be, con- it will be actually embarrassing. If Tito turns around and says, no, 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 the president was wrong, we're not going to be able to do this and this and that. All of those are the good planning and coordination. That's a good point. I'm do sure you understand what I'm saying? I absolutely do. Tabela will respond to that after that. Do you have any other point that you wish to contribute on? Hey? Do you have any other point that you wish to contribute on? Your time no, no, that's a, that's a real, that's a main point of actually there well. should be coordination between the two powers that be, because of that, or the two divisions, the Minister of Finance must, of course, plan his budget according to what Cyril has presented, or Cyril must present what actually has been approved by the man who carries the, the, man who carries the, the money. Fantastic. Appreciate your thoughts, Arthur. Very spot on. Tabelo has marked that. Tabelo, I beg your pardon, and he will respond. Selon Mokopane, good evening. Your 90 seconds starts now. Thanks, Thanks. My question is, what did Tito Mboweni did for the South Africans since he was the Minister of Finance, even before he cumbered uh, to be the minister? Um, I, I think we should not just um, be happy or expect so much from these guys. They are politicians. I'm sick and tired of what... South African expecting from Tito Mboweni from the president. They are making statements and then they will move out of their uh, minister, ministry and then nothing happened to them. So I, I, I really don't expect anything from Tito nor the president because it's just, they are just uh, they're just talking so as well. Um, just pure nonsense. Really. <laughs> you really are fed so up, aren't you? Enjoy. Thank you, man. Yo. Thank People you. are fed up, rightfully so, I suppose, because promise, 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 no delivery for the most part. Sakile Durban, same rules apply to you. 90 seconds. It starts now. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Songeza, I, I think I have to go to the continent, Songeza. There's been sure. huge development. Excellent. There's been huge development in Libya. The government of National Accord and Haftar's forces have decided to stop fighting. You know, after they've been fighting for years, these people, you know, after the 2011 revolution, that the so-called black president of America and his ally NATO, they bombed the country. I don't think the Libya will transform into a democracy. 
Ah, so means it's going to be a long walk to freedom. Democracy. Uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I think they're going to start rebuilding the country, but I don't know how they're going to rebuild their own country because there's, there are a lot of forces at play. There are a lot of forces at play, and there are a lot of countries there fighting their proxy wars. And this is a lesson for all Africans to have to get our act together and have an African Union that is going to work for Africans. We cannot have, we cannot have some another country bombing an African country and we sit back and not do anything. It must stop with Libya. It's been Thank happening. It must stop. I fully agree with you. Mike in Newlands, it was only a matter of time because we mentioned DA and we mentioned elective conference. Welcome back, Mike. How are you? <laughs> Very well, thanks for getting your show as always and all the callers. Um, yeah, I just want to put my two cents worth in on the um, on the upcoming budget speech, if that's what it is. Um, sure. I think we can. I think, like your previous caller said, nothing is going to happen. Our president made a completely disappointing non-speech without a plan in, in what to do with our country. He had absolutely no idea and asked us to read between the lines. Well, I read between the lines and I called still can't see what the plan is. And unfortunately, our, our finance minister is now trapped as the ANC is trapped between two, two sides. And, and unfortunately, we're going to see absolutely nothing because like a rabbit trapped in the headlights of an oncoming vehicle that's about to squash us and nobody knows which way to jump. So I expect absolutely nothing. Um, and uh, and I sadly don't see a future in the sense that our, our finance minister is going to be able to move. But then in the back of my mind, I always hope that somebody will have the courage to do what we should be doing and put the country first. But the NC has made it clear to Sungeza, both previous president and this president, that South Africa comes second and the ANC comes first. And that's the dilemma we face. And that is what we're going to hear about when Tito tells us absolutely nothing on Wednesday. Fantastic. Mike, short and sweet. Appreciate your thoughts. For those of you who want to participate on the WhatsApp facility, I'm getting the eagle eye from Lesejo Mangwanyana. She's just dropped me one of those cold stares again. She's not happy with the participation on WhatsApp, suggesting to me that the rules are not being adhered to. I do remind, please, that the rule is 60 seconds or less. So in other words... Two digits, not three. The minute you see three digits, it's longer than what is required by the production team. Let's return to you, Tabelo. Forget about everything else that has been said in relation to the domestic issues. An interesting angle brought through by one of our listeners, Sakile, is always on top of his game. Libya. Yeah. Your thoughts on Libya, the ceasefire, because it is a ceasefire, how long it's going to last, who knows, and what this might mean, generally speaking, for the fortunes of Libyans. In terms of our uh, our intervention, or are you just thinking about Libyan Libyans domestic? themselves in terms of developing a country that everybody can have a share in it that might resemble the times of Gaddafi, even though the West, for whatever reason, was not happy with potentially even some Libyans. But at least there, there was a system of governance. Good, bad, there was governance. People were, they certainly had better aspirations yeah. than now. Yeah, no, I think obviously with Libya, you know, what had happened under Gaddafi and what had happened to Gaddafi was a destroying of a political system and a, and a, and a well-established political system that was that was working for ordinary citizens. Let's say. So obviously anything that people are just trying to, to work around, to organize uh, the Libyan economy, is going to unfortunately operate on a ground that's not yet well-established. So I think they need to properly obviously set up a political system that, that works, um, have leaders that are able to address um, quite rightly issues that Libyans that, that, that are operating with. Um, so the Libyan situation, unfortunately, I don't know it in detail, 
Um, so I cannot speak too sure. much on it. Um, apart from the fact that, that under Gaddafi, it was an established system. Um, and there were a lot of, obviously, economic fortunes for ordinary Libyans there. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Let's finally talk about, I mean, pick Zigalala, return of a hard lockdown because he's not happy with how things are going there in KZN, especially anticipating how South Africans conduct themselves when they are free to go to the beach and the summer days are there and the liquor stores are open and we saw what happened when liquor did return for the time that he did before the president had to lock it down again. He's concerned and his proposal, at least he's thinking about the idea of a return of a hard lockdown. Your thoughts on that? Look, I can understand why why the Premier would want to go that route, especially, obviously, given the, the temperatures currently in the country. Um, but I think a hard lockdown would be quite hard to institute now, given what we know about its implications for the economy. But but also what's coming out, at least from, from the United States and Europe, is that while there's, there's increasing cases of, you know, of COVID-19, the, we don't, you don't have a lot of deaths also escalating. So, so the, the, the deaths of fatality has been decreasing while, while there's been increases of COVID cases. So that's quite important if you are thinking about a hard lockdown to consider. That if you are considering a hard lockdown, actually, there has been a development of resilience against COVID-19, given statistically, statistics in, in Europe and the United States. So I think that has to be part of the sort of frame um, that, that they need to look at um, some of the issues or misdemeanors. I would think it would be better to, to implement the lockdown regulations, I mean lockdown one regulations, than to go to a hard lockdown. Um, yeah. Very well. I don't think there would be compliance with a hard lockdown either unless and until the SANDF do what they do very well, which we saw in Level yeah. 5. Final conversation point then, hashtag Black Monday. What do you make of the movement Black Monday in relation to their recent marches to Parliament and generally civil movements and dialogues and passions and gatherings in the light of the spate of farm murders? Yeah, look, I mean, you know, Black Monday historically is about, you know, sort of economic impact of quiet, you know, of political moments like, like financial crisis, like massacres, you know. Um, so obviously I think South African farmers, particularly the, the, the Buddhists, which is, which is a sort of discourse that I get in these protests, are connecting them being, you know, farm, farm workers, farm owners, but also as contributors to the economy regionally and continentally. So that's quite important in terms of the, the discourse that are carving out for themselves. Obviously, this, I, I, in my view, is not supported statistically. I don't think there has been any sort of serious justification for why this you know, should be on a case on its own. Um, I think the government has made it quite clear that this is a priority in the same way you find the GPV a priority, in the same way you find the, the sort of gang wars in Cape Town a priority as well. Um, so t- to that extent, I, I, I think it's very difficult to, to sort of appreciate some of the discourse that comes from, from, the, from the Black Monday and, and, and the issues that emanate, particularly from the farmers. But, but I think it is a legitimate um, as well something to look into. If, if obviously, you know, people are going to the police stations, there's not been any proper investigations and court cases are not adjudicating, then at that point, if that's the case, then obviously they, they have a legitimate grievance. But, but, but I think to the extent that we are watching now this, this, this case in Senegal, um, we'll, we'll have some idea of how these cases are adjudicated and how they're treated from an investigative point of view as well. Um, but yeah, I just thought, let me just give that sort of historical overview. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. You'll leave it there? Well, that's because Abraham is on 
the line. Abram, I've never come across this name on this platform before. Calling from the Northern Cape. Good evening, Abram. Good evening, sir. You? Well, sir, how do you do? I'm great. Thank you very much. Are you a first-time caller? Because we haven't had a chat before. Uh, <laughs> yes, on your show. Yes. <laughs> you better live up to the applause there, Abram. Your thoughts, please. 90 seconds. 90 seconds. <laughs> Yes, oh, okay. Um, I wanted to comment on this. I'm listening to the issue, particularly the one of the farmers. Um, understand that it's a big issue, particularly in the country and all of that, you know, um, and it's a legitimate issue. Um, however, I kind of feel like, you know, a lot of attention has always been shared onto um, issues of, you know, the farm and, you know, a lot of other things that are far, but never necessarily people who are in the townships, you know, where people who actually go through the realist of things in the townships, you know, those ones never really get expressions, you know, either by the media or anywhere else. So for me, not that I'm being in, an insensitive or anything, but I mm. feel like um, it's difficult for me to resonate or to connect to issues of people off the farms, um, whereas I understand the realities that are happening currently in the townships. Fair point. I don't dismiss it. Um, Tapelo is going to respond to that. Thank you so much, Abram. Appreciate your thoughts. Tapelo, make a note of that. We're going to take a voice okay. note, which is the last contribution from the listeners, at least in relation to the weekend wrap, after which you will reply. Evening, Songezo. It's Tony Dava here from Graphic Slaves, and I would like to agree with your guest when he says that uh, the winner of... Uh, the election of the DA is going to be Mr. Stan Hazen. Uh, it's obvious. I mean, the strategy that he uses is the same one as Donald Trump. So uh, it's obvious that he's going to win. Very well. Tabelo, final thoughts on these two matters raised by Abram and the voice note from our loyal listener, please. Yeah, so I mean, the former I agree with. I think, I think there's, a, there's a case to be made about what happens in former settlements or in townships in this, in this country. The, the level of violence and the totality of violence that happens. Uh, you, you, you know, you can name a lot of whether Alexandra, whether the, 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 you know, Cape Town gang wars. So I think, I think, you know, there's, I mean, there's, there's a bigger issue to talk about sort of victimhood in this country and you know, what, what contributes to the sort of victimhood that we're seeing now. Um, but, but I think a lot of that has to do obviously with the political system and, and its inability to address a number of issues that are social and economic. Um, and, 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 and tied to that with the issue of social cohesion, da, 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 da. But, so, so, so I, I think it's, it's a fair point that the caller was making. Similarly, with the other caller, I, I, I agree with that. My, my point exactly was that, that given where the DA was going, where the DA is going, given its trajectory policy-wise and how it was able to address the sort of non-racial clause inside it, it's quite is a clear indication of, of, of who's going to win in this in this Congress. But obviously, you have to wait until uh, Saturday and see how, how they're going to, to vote and what's the analysis coming out from there. The analysis that was for the week ahead that shall be. Thank you so much then, Mr. Tape Lotzelapede, Rhodes University academic and political analyst. I know right now he is in a hurry to get to CJ's on New Street, so let's not keep him. Um, <laughs> 2036, let's take a short ad break before we are on the line with the chairperson of the National Council of Provinces, Mr. Amos Masondo.